0: Um, I do have one thing I just want to share, um, and, and I have it, um, I'm, I'm in preliminary stages, but there was uh, there was a shooting, a murder, uh, in the 1970s, uh, in which a uh, county deputy by the name of Luger and his father were murdered in, uh, in his father's, I think it was some sort of a garage or business garage sort of thing, like a automobile repair garage is the way I understand it on uh, the west side. And uh, a gentleman by the name of Wakefield was convicted of that murder. Uh, African American gentleman who has for, um, for all time since he's been identified as a suspect proclaimed his innocence. And um, it is a case uh, we don't, we do not have uh, an innocence clinic in a wrongful convictions clinic in South Carolina uh, from my work with the North Carolina Commission on Racial and Ethnic Disparities uh, and my work in Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police and my work in Greensboro Police. Uh, I had the good fortune of working with a, uh, the North Carolina um, Center for Actual Innocence. And so I reached out to Christine Luma, who is the Executive Director uh, last week to ask her to work with our detectives to uh, look at that case. Uh, the gentleman that served 34 years in prison, He is on parole, he's living in North Carolina, uh, still proclaims his innocence. Uh, I can tell you that um, there is some question about um, his conviction uh, based on documents that surfaced over the past couple of years. And I uh, don't know whether or not it'll yield anything at this point. But I've asked uh, Christine Luma if she would be kind enough to assist us with a review uh, of that case, and she accepted. So she's in North Carolina. She's in North Carolina. Um, I will tell you, I also reached out. There was a grant opportunity uh, through Department of Justice to initiate innocence clinics in law schools, to partner with local governments and law schools, and uh, I forwarded that to USC School of Law, because they're like the only game in town. And unfortunately, I I don't believe that there was any traction with that. Um, I was hoping there would be, but uh, at this point, there's not. It would be nice to be able to have that resource in South Carolina. Uh, when there are questions and there are people, uh, a place for people to turn. Um, I was surprised, Christine, she has her hands full in North Carolina, but I was surprised, but I would say that it's probably because we had a good working relationship. Uh, when I was in North Carolina, and we worked together and treated an individual served 17, char- uh, 17 years on a charge of murder in Greensboro, a uh, murder he didn't commit, and we were able to prove he didn't commit it through our work together. So I've asked her to review it and I've talked with my investigations uh, team today. Um, we're going to be pulling together some resources around that work with her to examine that case. Don't go where it go. It may, may result in the decision that, you know, the conviction is the conviction. It may result in our ability to identify that something else took place. But he got paroled even as a... 30, He's on parole now. Thirty four years later. Okay. He served he served 34 years later. I don't so, know. Cop killing. So um, you know, the concern He's is been. is if somebody served time, no matter what time for a crime they didn't commit, you don't want that to happen. So did you get new evidence showing his possible innocence or another possible suspect? Well, there was a letter. There was a letter that was written so this occurred during the Cash Williams sheriff tenure, four-year tenure, back in the 70s. He was replaced in the election by Johnny McBrown. That was his first elected term uh, as sheriff. And this murder occurred during Cash Williams and there was a lot of question about, you know, his his behavior and and the lawfulness of a lot of his activities and behavior. Um, In any event, he had uh, more than, there are a lot of parallels to recent situation, <laughs> he had more than one mistress, apparently. And so we don't know what that letter means, but there was a letter from one who said that uh, he and some of his uh, team members may have been involved in that murder and framed this individual so when we had that letter, and it was recently discovered as we cut locks off of lockers in the shared locker room at a law enforcement center, uh, a locker that probably hadn't seen daylight in two or more decades, um, was that sparked by like, just someone mentioning? That no, 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 no. We, we, we were see? we were clearing out lockers that nobody claimed, huh. and. It just, the, the notice sat on there, nobody claimed it, cut the lock, and we found a number of things that were decades old, and in there, there was a small box with folders in it, and in the folder was a letter, and we had no idea who that locker was issued to. who had it. There was no indication of a name to, to whom we could, so we don't know whether it was city or county. But it was the letter saying that he might have been letter. framed. Yeah, and wow. so um, so that concerns me enough in and of itself uh, to warrant uh, a look because it wasn't with the case file. Wow. So, well, so uh, I have a real concern about that. The mistress or the wife or whoever of the person who was supposed to, I guess is another suspect, was he African American as well or did they just say black men did it? <laughs> no, I think, oh, no, I, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know all the circumstances of the case. The case file is a box, and I have not reviewed the box. Um, I have reviewed some basic facts of the case and gotten some, some fundamental briefing on the elements, or not the elements, but the case facts. Mm-hmm. Um, that relate to Mr. Wakefield's conviction, and um, it is still possible that he that, that this information is bogus, that this information has nothing to do with anything other than a, a lover's spat, if you will. Uh, but it also there's nothing in the case file that suggests that this letter this this letter was ever submitted and vetted which is a big concern and a big red flag. And so, Mr. Wakefield, who has professed his innocence since the beginning, and this letter showing up 36 or 40 years later, or whatever it is, 42 or 3 years later, um, even though it was written in the 70s, is a concern. Now, part of our problem is also that there are a number of people who are no longer alive, but we'll pick through the evidence, and I have all the confidence and faith in the uh, the center for action. So What's well, a good story for a book. Well, there's, there's a line. podcast out there right now. Yes, murder, yes. et cetera. And yes. This reporter who's dug through the case, and he knows more about the case than I do. An uh, and and he has, he has, he has picked apart the question of guilt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but this letter. Uh, has it queued up and uh, for examination as a cold case, but as an innocence case, which is different than a trying to solve a case. Mm-hmm. So... Um, is Mr. Wakefield aware of this? No. Actually, outside of our organization, you all are in. I'm just... Sort well, of right it's now. It's